0: Hey guys, in today's episode, I'm joined by Suleiman, who is a teenage entrepreneur running a service-based funnel building business, and he's also a content creator on YouTube and Twitter at the moment, and he has huge and big plans for the future, like retiring his mother this year as well. So in this episode, you're going to learn so much about his story, his journey, and a bunch of lessons along the way. Enjoy. If you could introduce yourself, who are you? Like if nobody knew who Suleiman was, what would you tell them? I'm a... I'm a
1: 16-year-old entrepreneur, I guess you could say on where <laughs> Sounds kind of cringe now, but um, yeah, I, I do sales funnels for creators, basically. I help them turn their followers into customers, in a sense. Yeah, I've been growing a brand on there. I've been creating content on YouTube as well. So I guess that's also where you can find me. And, yeah, I tweet on like self-improvement, marketing, and audience growth, I guess. But yeah.
0: So how did you get into this, like, online personal development and marketing space at such a young age?
1: That's a long story. That started, like, when I was 12, 12 or 13. Oh, and- and- that's
0: crazy. Yeah.
1: So before that, I watched a movie. I, I don't know what it is about that scene in the movie. But I specifically remember a scene in an elevator. And there was a guy in the elevator. And someone else walked in. And the guy basically asked him, like, who are you? You look kind of familiar, you know? And then he said that my my father created the, ele- the elevator door button or something like that. And I was like, something about that was like, it was really cool, you know, the fact that he was known for something. So I was like, okay, I also want to be known for something, you know? I want to build something that people use. And then they can be like, oh, you're the guy that created that, you know? So then um, I think I wanted to be an engineer after that. But I wasn't too sure about it. So I Googled like best um, jobs in tech or something like that at some point in like primary school. Because um, yeah, I-, I was always like into tech. I always had like some kind of natural affinity towards it. And then yeah, I Googled it. One of it was like software engineering. And I just went down that rabbit hole on YouTube and blog articles and all these things. And then yeah, I discovered programming and that field I guess that side of technology and then yeah I watched a few YouTube videos that was my first obsession like that was the first time I ever obsessed with anything I like started learning about things and all that so then eventually started watching more YouTube videos kind of got addicted to that at some point and (laughs) eventually I I like stumbled across self-improvement because a lot of people talk about things like social skills you know it's a really important thing and like taking care of yourself outside of work and I don't know how, which self improvement YouTubers I found first, but I remember one was teaching men's fashion. So I started watching his stuff. Um, yeah, I started caring more about the way I look, about like social skills and all these things, start learning about that. Then eventually I got deeper into self improvement. And uh, who was it? Oh, Ali Abdul. Eventually I found him. And then I saw his videos where he like, um, he broke down like how much money he made from YouTube every year and at the time it was like one million pounds and i was like oh that's that's insane so then i was like okay let me let me give this a shot and then the 14th of april last year yeah i think it was that day i uploaded my first youtube video and then yeah it didn't go that great (laughs) i got like 300 subscribers after one year (laughs) and then um yeah eventually i moved on to twitter because a bunch of programmers that I followed for one day. So I just followed them for that, I guess. I mean, I just joined Twitter to follow them there. And then, yeah, eventually I found Money Twitter. And I was like, okay, this is like, <laughs> this is something completely different. I, was, I I got interested in it. And, um, yeah, I could go into a lot more details. So I think I could just stop there for now.
0: What made you go to YouTube first? Like, instead of, like, Instagram or Twitter first? Or what made you go to YouTube first?
1: Uh... I don't know. I think it's just the fact that Ali Abdul was the guy that like inspired me to start on YouTube. Okay. And I was like, okay, I might as well just do what he's doing. And I I watched a lot of YouTube at the time. So <laughs> I thought because I, I watched a lot of YouTube videos, I would be good at making YouTube videos. But that wasn't the case at all. But yeah, I think that's really the biggest reason behind it.
0: Okay. And what would you say is like, Maybe, like, the top three things you pull away from self-improvement. Like, you use current day that you would want to learn. Like, you mentioned, like, social skills, for example. Like, that sticks with me. A big one that sticks with me is because when I was growing up, I was always kind of, like, I guess, like, this shy, introverted kid. But I don't want to call myself introverted. But as I got, like, more into the business space and, like, online and everything and started talking to people more on, like, Google Meets like this... I became a natural at it like it's so easy for me and it's kind of you know sometimes you still get nervous and it's like oh my god like I haven't done this in a while but it's like I've gotten better at it and I articulate better but that's one of the things that's like big with me when it comes to self-improvement. Would that be like your biggest thing or is there something different that you look to improve yourself in like a different aspect maybe it's you know working out whatever or I don't know like what's your main three pillars I guess. definitely the
1: witness like that was basically in a sense that was my gateway into self-improvement like that was the one that was the first thing I started doing that like um how do I say this like taught me what delayed gratification is in a sense you know like mm-hmm. you, you start working out in the beginning and then you only eventually see results after like maybe two three months or something like that mm-hmm. and like it teaches you a bunch of things like I, I've been wanting to write a thread which is like um like maybe 10 things that fitness taught me about business in a way, I guess, yeah. because a lot of the stuff just relates to each other. But um, yeah, fitness is definitely one. Um, I don't know how to get exactly with this, but you made me think about it when you actually were like talking about how you introverted at some point. Yeah. Is that like, um, just the idea that you can, you can choose who you want to be. Like mm. you can live your life by, you know, instead of by default, in a sense, I like to say that but um i was also like i i don't want to say i had social anxiety because i don't want to identify with that anymore yeah like i was socially awkward (laughs) i was socially awkward at a point like if i had to do this a year ago i wouldn't have gone as smooth as it's going now but uh yeah that's that's like the one thing i guess that you can like you can choose who you want to be and like what traits you want and all that because you basically just need to um you can like write down what your ideal self would be like, for example, and then you can basically just love your life in accordance to that person, to, like what they would do, you know? Um, so yeah, that's the one thing. I think just striving for growth in like mm-hmm. all areas of your life, in a sense, mm-hmm. like holistic self-improvement. Um, so I, I think I posted a tweet on this today, but I basically said that like um, adopt the mindset, of if you if I don't grow I'll die basically (laughs) and you'll basically succeed at anything in life because like that's one of my my biggest values I guess in life, just growing in any kind of way because I don't ever want to be the person I was six months ago in a sense like I always want to have something that changes about me in a good way in a positive way so I guess that would be three of them not exactly sure if it's, if it's good, no. but yeah.
0: No, those are good. Those are good. Okay. Um, I definitely agree with you with the one thing, like, I relate to when you said, like, if you were doing this one year ago, it would not go smooth. It would not go smoothly with me either, and we would probably be uh, stuttering and being awkward this entire call. Like, yeah. I remember um, the first podcast I probably had way back in 2019, like, I had my own podcast, and i forced myself to record a podcast and start a podcast not because i wanted to but because i was so uncomfortable with doing it and because i i was like like i guess i was like a like a socially awkward kid like like you said as well um and i always say like i don't want to identify with it either so you know i relate to that um but I did start that podcast so that I could get my voice out there because I was never comfortable with hearing my voice on, you know, on camera, on record. Now I love it. Now I'm like, yeah, I can get in front of the camera. Like as long as my hair is done fine, you know, I'm fine. Like, you know, Um, and so that's what pushed me to start getting in front of the camera and doing podcasts and doing calls. And now people are like, like, I've gotten on calls with people and podcasts of other people and featured on them, and they're like, I would have never guessed you would have been socially awkward. And it's it's just mind-blowing. And you, too, like, I think I watched a YouTube video from you, because I did subscribe to your YouTube, and I watched one of them about how I think you were talking about, like, social skills or something, or how you were kind of um, the same way I was a little bit. And, yeah, I just related to that as well, so... Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. So I have a question for you, just a random question. What do you think is like the most impressive thing about you?
1: I definitely didn't prepare for this one.
0: No. Uh, I think the
1: uh the thing. I I don't know if this is like the most impressive thing. But the thing I like about myself in a way um, Mm -hmm. is that, how do I say this? I kind of, I have a habit of obsessing over something when I first start learning about it, like I said in the beginning. And like that has helped me grow quite fast in certain areas of my life. Like um, I would always have some kind of obsession throughout the year, like in different phases of the year. So like beginning of this year, maybe it would be fitness and I would just go all in on that for like a few months, and then I would find some kind of way to sustainably integrate it in my life, I guess. So it's something that has helped me grow a lot, and like it's helped me like um, excel at certain things that I've done, that I do in a sense, like um, coding, for example, like when I was 12, 12, 13, I can't exactly remember when I started, but I know it was around that age range, and like, People were always impressed that I knew how to code, but it was just because like it was something I did every day and like i I would literally I would literally like um, download these coding tutorials, which are like thirty thirty minutes to like an hour long, and I would literally like just watch it on my phone the whole time, like <laughs> just watch people write code the entire time and I thought that was so much fun, <laughs> so <laughs> i that would be like so- somewhat impressive i guess like uh yeah, I don't have that like big accomplishments in a sense. But yeah, yeah, I guess that would be it.
0: Yeah, no, I like that because it's not like I'm looking for like this big accomplishment or anything. You being you and like your energy alone is something to be impressive, right? It's like that's impressive alone. Um, But yeah, you always talk about like retiring your mom and that's like your big goal. And so where did that goal come from? Like, why do you have such a passion for? I mean, I understand because I'm kind of coming from a similar place, but like, where does the passion come from? Like, just tell me all about it.
1: The biggest thing, of course, would be like that. I've always been able to see that my mother would always go above and beyond beyond for anything that I wanted. You know, like she would mm-hmm. always find a way to like get me to like buy me something for a school event, for, for example, or like if she sees that I want something that maybe like all my friends have, you know, she would always like find a way to just get it for me, even if she didn't really have the money for it. Um. Yeah, I can just see, like, how much she, like, works on a daily basis, I guess, and, like, how much she sacrificed for me and all that. So, that was always a big thing, I guess. And then another thing is, I guess, the job that she works. So, that was, like, the the biggest thing for me because I can, like, see it taking a toll on her health. So, I just wanted to, to, like, get out of it as soon as possible, you know. So, yeah, that's about really the biggest things about it, you know of course because she is my mother yeah. <laughs> but that that's yeah. obviously
0: yeah that's that's very nice of you and um it shows like your character as well like whenever people say like you can see who someone is if they're like oh, I'm trying to get rich for a Lamborghini versus, oh, I'm trying to get rich to help the people around me, you know what I mean? Um, And that really shows the kind of person you are. So I don't even have to wish you good luck because I know you'll get there and I know you'll be able to do that for your mother. And that's such a beautiful thing. So I have nothing but like positive energy and love for that. Um, But what's your plan to get her there? I know you're building on social media. I know you have a video on your YouTube about it. If you could talk real quick about what's your little blueprint to get yourself there.
1: My plan? Uh, my plan is what I would basically advise for anyone start that wants to like make money online. I guess because I've been trying to do this for like literally four years. <laughs> I spent four years trying to find out like the business, the perfect bus- business model to do this. So it's basically like starting a service-based business on uh, on social media. Most ideally, it would be a like a short form of social media that does short form content. So like. TikTok, out Twitter, um, Instagram reels, I guess. And then, yeah, starting a service-based business on there. So, like, doing outreach. Yeah, you have to learn a high-value high skill, of course. So, yeah, um, for me, that was – I guess I started with web design because it made sense because I did web development. But then someone, like a guy that mentors me, um, I don't pay for it, but, like, he's just been helping me out on, on Twitter. So, he told me that web design isn't as valuable – as like, um, I do he said that web design or like landing pages, for example, aren't that valuable unless it's paired with something else like traffic, for example, or emails, videos, ads. So yeah, it would be like learning something, learning how to sell something. I think that would be like a big thing that you could do. Um, and then, yeah, doing a service-based business, making money from that while building your personal brand and then building an audience of people that like you, that would buy something from you in the future and then basically I would I'm gonna I'm gonna create an agency eventually so I'm gonna scale my my service based business to an agency at some point like maybe hire four or five people I, I'm not sure exactly and then I basically want to teach people how to do the same like how to start the same business how to grow on Twitter or YouTube any kind of social media platform and then yeah I would create like some kind of digital product to do so so i don't know like a, a membership or a course or something and then yeah that's really about it that's like what i can see happening for now but like in terms of what will retire my mother like um initially it would be the service-based business so mm-hmm. yeah that's that's about it
0: That's cool. Yeah, I have the same. That's really what I recommend to a lot of people. And this is what a lot of people are doing. And you're very smart to have this blueprint laid out because this is exactly what like if I had this clarity back in 2020 or 2019, I would have been quicker with what I'm doing. But that's exactly the blueprint like people should be following is, you know, you build an audience while you build some sort of business. You know, whether it's you don't have to do a service based business, but it's the easiest if you have no experience because you'll learn from someone who knows how to do it. You'll you can buy a course, a program. You can even consume like people's free content and be successful with it. Um, And that's what Twitter is so beautiful for. So you can learn all those skills. You have all those skills handy. Go get one or two clients. And even if you don't get them for paid, you get them for free. You gain that skill even more. You get a testimonial. And then you could build that service-based business, and you can charge, you know, hefty amounts. If, you, like I said, like you said, not only do you need a skill, but you need something like a, a metric. I consider it a metric um, that you that a customer is paying for to get a, you know, a result on, for their business. And then from there, as you're building your personal brand, you, you know, sell some sort of digital product or something and you build in public too, which is so beautiful because you build in public, people are saying, okay, you can do it. I can do it too. And then you show them the vehicle to get them there, which is your course, your ebook, your product, your program, whatever it is. So yeah, you're very smart for having that in place.
1: The thing I was actually like planning on doing eventually, which I might like transition into at some point is consulting. And I know that's something that you do. And yeah. that, w- that was actually something I wanted to ask you about at some point. Like, that's why I wanted to originally DM you. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, something, I didn't like the idea of that for some reason. <laughs> because <laughs> I I don't know, like, okay, I remember following you for the first time. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I want to DM her. But, like, I don't know what exactly. But, like, I've never had this problem before. And I was I thought about it for a while. And I was like, okay, it's because I didn't want to come off as, like, a follower, in a sense, you yeah. know? Like like <laughs> I wanted to like um approach it as like um a mutually beneficial relationship in a sense. Like that's what I wanted out of the relationship. Instead of like um just being like, Oh I, I like what you're doing, you know, and then you just be like, Oh thanks, I appreciate you. <laughs> and then the conversation just ends. So yeah, I just took my time and then I was like, Okay, I found something
0: and then yeah, yeah, here we are today. Yeah, actually I was gonna DM you first, I think. And then I didn't end up doing it because I didn't know what I was going to say either. <laughs> so it's like, you. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just went back in our DMs, you DM me about my podcast, which is like a great way because I love when, you know, you know, anybody loves that gesture like, oh, you listen to my podcast and stuff. Um, but yeah, I was going to actually DM you first, I think. So, <laughs> so there's <was> no worry. <laughs> um... What is like your biggest underlying goal? Like, what is the why? What is your big why? What will keep you going if you're not... Let's say you don't make money for the next three, six months. What's going to keep you going? I want to say
1: that it would be helping people, but huh, I don't know if that's true necessarily. Like, if, <laughs> if there had to be like one thing besides money that would keep me going, it would be the relationships that I would be forming throughout the whole process, because that's something that's, like, I think that's the most valuable thing that I've gotten from Twitter so far. Just the relationships and, like, the different connections that I've gotten. Not connections. I, I don't like the word. <laughs> like, <laughs> connections and, like, networking friendships. and all that. It's just Yeah, yeah. It's just friendships, I guess. Um, Because, yeah, the amount of things that I've learned from, like, some of the friends that I made on Twitter, for example, is insane. Like, it, it saved me so much time and effort and, like, so much pain from just doing the wrong things, you know, and, like, yeah, but basically, that in a sense. Like, there's a lot of other benefits, I guess, I, but I don't want to spend too much time on it. But yeah, definitely the relationships. That would be what would keep me going.
0: I love that because I agree with you. Like, before Twitter, I was on Instagram first. And when I was on, once I got on Twitter, I met so many more people than I like met on Instagram, even though I had a bigger following on there. Yeah, it was like, I was able to connect with these people better and every time I got on a call with like I've met people from Twitter that I get on calls consistently with and just to catch up they're like friends you know what I mean like yeah some people don't like using the word connection and networking I don't either it's kind of like a a like a what's it called like a curtain but I consider it like a friendship um, because it's like mutually valuable and that's the thing people always say like how can i access these people when they're high up like if they're six seven figure earners how can i have access to them when i'm just an average joe but it's like you have to become someone of value in order to have access to those people you know like if i was just a random person on twitter with zero followers a profile picture of like nothing and i had nothing on my profile and i was dming people hey let's get on a call Is that gonna happen no it's not gonna happen you have to kind of set yourself up to you either have two options. You set yourself up for success and, and become someone of value so that you can have access to these people or you pay for access, which is not, you know, you would rather become someone valuable too so it could be like a friendship. So I agree with you yeah. on that. Yeah, I um,
1: that. I like to tell people if they want to like DM someone on Twitter that they kind of look up to is that like provide in lead with value, I guess. And like you could do one of three things, I guess. You could try and like Make them feel good about themselves. So, like, give them a compliment, like, genuine compliment or something. Um, Make them more money. So, like, that could be in any way. That could just be, like, um, for example, I, I do funnels. So, like, I could just be, like, oh, I see you're not doing something. Like, you don't have an email list or something like that. I could just be, like, okay, that would be a good way for you to make more money, you know, and I can explain why and all that. Offer to hop on a call and talk more about it. So, that would be another way. Or just make them smarter. So, if I, like, see you talking about something, that I'm also interested in. I could just be like, oh, um, I see you like this. Here's a book that I've read on it, you know, this can help you out. So those are usually the three approaches that I go with. And it's been working out quite well for me so far.
0: Okay, yeah, that's, that's true. And that's, those are really good. Those three. Um, I feel like that's gonna help a lot of people out who are watching. Um, uh, so now we're talking about Twitter and stuff. I just want to ask, like, how did you grow on Twitter, like your audience? And like, what is your, pretty much your plan and your goals with Twitter?
1: Initially, it was definitely the the whole engaging with other accounts, you know? But I don't I don't like how long people tell you to do it for, you know? They're like, mm. do it un- until, a thousand subs- until a thousand followers. And like, mm. from, I think that's just a little bit too long. And they kind of like tell you to neglect posting tweets, which mm. I never felt too good about because I was like, okay, so then why are they following me? Like, why why would you follow me if I'm not going to post any content? So what I did was, I think it was up until I got like 200 or 300 followers, I started posting threads for the first time. And the way that I grew, like quite fast, I guess, that, um, the way that I got momentum for my account the first time was getting retweeted by a big account. So I wrote a thread and I tagged, who did I tag? I tagged Dan Ko at some point because I think I joined Modern Mastery at that point. I was like in it for a month, maybe, like a little bit less than a month. And yeah, he retweeted my, my post and somehow <laughs> Dakota Robinson also retweeted it. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that was a really interesting night. I got so excited. I remember I could barely sleep. <laughs> but yeah, um, I was at 321 followers. That that day, the twenty seventh of June, I still remember the day. And then the next day, I woke up. I was at like five hundred and fifty. I was like, "Oh, that's insane!" That's so I crazy. My Twitter analytics, and I was and I got like sixty thousand impressions that one day, like overnight. I was like, "Oh, that's insane!" So this is like actually <laughs> like the secret sauce, in a sense. <laughs> well, um, like how you can grow on Twitter, you know, and get that initial boost. And that's something that I I try and do somewhat often now. Like I don't want to do it too much to start annoying people you know so i do it like maybe mm-hmm. once or twice once yeah once or twice a month maybe per account if it's relevant probably once a month less than that even but yeah that's how i initially grew i like posting tweets and threads just being consistent in general
0: i like that because when i was first getting started on twitter it was june 2020 um and I was engaging a lot like it was it was too much like I remember I would like that was the advice going around at the time and at the time it was like so many people were like that the community was different every year the community kind of changes and in 2020 the community was so tight knit it was like if I grow you're growing like it was everyone was helping each other grow and I remember um, everyone was preaching, like, make sure you're engaging like 50 comments a day, all this sort of stuff. It was giving me a headache. I'm like, oh, my God. And then now I just tell people, you know, engaging really like you have to also improve your content as well. So what would you say, I guess, is maybe some advice you have for generating content ideas, like someone who has no idea how to they can come up with five tweets, but how do you come up with 90 for a month?
1: Uh, two things like come to mind. One would be like um, consuming good content. So, <laughs> I would see people say, I don't know, I don't see it as much nowadays, but like when I first started Twitter, yeah, I used to see a lot of people say that like, you should like <laughs> consume content, like they would give like this weird ratio, like 10% consumption and like 90% creation or something like that. And like, I don't agree with it that much. Like I get why you would say that because like, Going to get into the habit of of creating, over consuming, you know, because most of us have been consumers for like years before we start creating, thinking about creating. So I understand that, but I think that like you won't have as many good ideas if you don't consume like good content, like keyword good content, and not just like anything that just comes around, you know. Um, I remember learning this from Dan code the first time, and the the concept. I don't know if he called it this. But it's basically like targeted content consumption in a sense. So, like, um, what I would do is every week, I would just like pick one topic that I want to learn a lot about. Or I want to write like a few threads or tweets about. Like, um, let's say this week could be copywriting, for example. And then I would just learn as much as possible about that and try and make that the majority of my content consumption. And then basically, I would tweet what I learned. So, like, as I'm learning something, I would write it down and then I would put my I would say it in my own words like I would re- reteach it in my own words but then also try and add my own experiences to it so there's like a few questions that I usually ask myself when I'm creating content or like I'm consuming content and it's like um, what experience do I have with this for example why did it resonate with me what was my mindset shift when I first like came across this you know like what made it click for me and all those things so then I write it down like that and then Basically that, and then trying to say that in a bunch of different ways. So like you could turn something, you can turn one thread into like a tweet, into like a listicle tweet or something like that, and then turn the listicle tweet, like the idea behind it, into a one-liner, for example, and turn the one-liner into like a comparison or something. So those two things really, the, the content consumption and then teaching what you learn like as you learn it basically, and then you're also trying to say one thing. In a bunch of different ways so, mm-hmm. yeah i think that's
0: about it i love that yeah because so many people overthink content creation it's like if you come up with one thing just come up with one sentence you can turn that into so much like you can turn a free a simple sentence into so much you could turn it into a video you could turn it into a podcast but even just on twitter you could turn it into like three th- threads a whole week of tweets like there's so much you can come up with so i love that um yeah, so where do you usually, like, who do you usually consume most of your content from? I know you bring up, like, Dan Co, but, you know, what other creators do you, would you say, like, are three top creators, I guess? Maybe Dan Co's up there. Um, he's definitely been up there for me. Uh, but what, what would you say is yours?
1: Yeah, I, I've definitely been holding back how much <laughs> I've been trying to, I've been fanboying over Dan Co in the last few months. Because <laughs> <laughs> the guy, the guy just has an amazing mind, man. Like I I honestly can't believe some of the things that he says sometimes or that like, yeah. just comes up. I'm always so shocked. And I know it's, it's a side tangent. But <laughs> I remember when I first started, um, when I first started engaging with hosts, he was definitely one of the people that I would always try and engage with. And I would always get so upset because he would have this one liner and somehow he would be able to like he would be able to put everything in that one sentence and I would have nothing right. to add to it. I would always I would like sit there for like five minutes trying to figure out <laughs> what to actually comment post. But um yeah, is definitely up there. And then uh another self-improvement youtuber called Hamza. So he's been like popping off recently.
0: I've watched him. Yeah, he's also
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's great. He's he's probably had like one of the biggest impacts on my life. Like his older content at least. It's like kind of a bit more uh how do I say this? I don't know, it's like a lot more st- the, the editing behind it and all that it, it appeals more to the masses you know, like he's yeah. trying to get more people onto self-improvement and all that, but his older videos were gold um, yeah. but yeah, Hamza, definitely another person, and then uh, Russell Brunson yeah, mm. Russell Brunson, he's basically the guy that like taught me most of what I know about sales funnels, and he's like, like one of the biggest guys out there on like that um creates them. You know, he's the guy that can't. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, say this, but I think he kind of popularized popularized it in like the last few years in a sense because I see a lot of people on Twitter talk about him in the marketing space. So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's completely true, but yeah, definitely those three. Mm-hmm. those would be the three people that i would choose if i had to like cut everybody out
0: mm. i love that yeah i was i was fangirling over dan co too because listen i was <laughs> back in 2020 when i was starting on twitter he was one of the first people i followed. like him and jose rosado like those were the two and i always say that those two brought me into like money twitter and i told dan co this i don't i told dan on a call once or something i was like What I love about how you write and articulate is that everything is there and everything is articulated so perfect. I'm like, I want to speak like that, too. Like you do it so perfect. Like he does he does it so great. And he's writing this book. Right. Um, I'm pretty sure he's still working on it. But way back, I think like a whole year ago, he showed me like an excerpt of it. He let me read some of it and that just blew my mind like i'm like i i aspire to be like that or art- like articulate that well like i understand where you're coming from <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely uh ah. yeah but um, let's talk about self-improvement and business, because you told me that self-improvement and business go hand in hand, right? And I agree with you because, you know, as you grow as a person, it helps you grow, you know, your business. And the purpose of this podcast, for example, is not only to demonstrate how to make money online or let me sh- let me bring people on to just like some podcasts. All they'll do is literally bring high value people on and i have you know people have done this to me where they'll bring me on and then just suck everything out of me where it's like you know how do you do this how do you do that like it's a cons- like a consultation or something i'm like damn like i'm here for a fun conversation but um so this the purpose of this podcast is to not only demonstrate like how to make money online and stuff but you can tell like i barely kind of spoke on that i spoke mainly on content creation audience building and stuff but also to shine a light on like me personally spirituality and personal development and how people neglect that when they once they start making money especially because they'll start making money they'll start seeing these 5k 10k months and they'll get complacent and then they'll stop you know stop reading as much as they used to or stop working out as much as they used to and say i don't need to work out like i'm just i'm gonna make more money like no like you gotta still focus on those things um but this podcast is big on spirituality as well that's just a big thing with me um but yeah so what would you say about that how does self-improvement and business go hand in hand in your philosophy
1: a way i would put it is that i think either one of them would be, like, the bottleneck for your your potential, in a sense. So, like, if you only do business, for example, then you would be missing out on a lot of growth if you didn't um, do some self-improvement things, at least, like fitness, for example, or um, just learning more things about, like, certain philosophies, maybe, or, like, um, mindsets and all that. So, hmm. I it's <laughs> so difficult yeah that that's basically like the way I like to think about it because for example if if you don't work out and you have a business you would be missing out on like a lot of extra energy in a sense because mm. working out does usually like energize you a bit more for some people at least um, and then that would like improve your work capacity for the day like improve your focus if your diet isn't cheap, you would also not have as much brain fog you know because yeah you're just eating better foods and like you feel good about it and when you feel i yeah another thing i really (laughs) like is the placebo effect so like that's something i've been getting really into recently and basically like if you if you know that you're doing yourself good in a sense you'll start to feel good even if like the even if the things that you're doing aren't that effective Mm -hmm. it'll still have, like, a good effect on you, in a sense, just because you think that it's having, like, a good impact on you. So that's, like, the the one thing, I guess. Um, I don't know how to answer this question. No. (laughs) Uh, This is just, like, things that are coming to my mind. (laughs) Oh, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, like, another example with business and self-improvement, for example, would be, Let's say you start like a similar business that we do. This is the only example I can come to now. Like yeah. Then you would get access to like more high value people in a sense. And then you could basically like leverage the experiences, their knowledge. Um, you could use money to like get into certain places that you otherwise wouldn't be able to if you were, um, if you didn't have like the financial resources for it. So uh, because that did play a big part in my self-improvement just surrounding myself with people that um, actually like push me forward that actually kind of like force me to grow in a sense and that could just be content creators for you like it doesn't necessarily need to be real people but i do think that like also having a balance between both of them is an important thing because they could like push you in different in different um ways in different aspects of your life so yeah Not sure if that completely answers your question yet, but that's that's what came to mind, I guess.
0: No, it answered my question. Um, and I like the placebo effect. I didn't know that's what it was called, but I think I read something before or I watched this video, and it was like, wait, I just have to ask a question though. First, is like, isn't the placebo effect kind of go the other way too, where it's like if you're speaking negative things and you think like it's bad for you, it's going to be even worse, right? So, yeah. So pretty much what the study showed was they had like these two groups of people and they gave both groups a milkshake and they were both the same type of milkshake. There was no, you've you, you you've heard of this? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So they gave both groups the same milkshake and pretty much they told one group, this milkshake is, you know, normal. They Or like they didn't tell the group something, I forget, but they pretty much gave the one group, like group A, a milkshake and they told them it was a normal milkshake or that it was healthy or something. I don't know. And the second group, they emphasized how it's, uh what was it i don't really remember too much but it maybe it was high in sugar or it's just a a fatty milkshake i guess and so group a nothing really happened to them when they drank it but group b their sugar spiked and like, I think they might've gained a pound or something. I don't really remember too much about the actual, (laughs) the actual results, but the pretty much the general idea is that if you really believe something is negative or if, you know, whatever it is, like whatever you believe, your thoughts become your reality. And that's what's so important to keep in mind is to be intentional about your thoughts too, because this is some general like platitude shit that people talk about on Twitter, like, you know, be aware of what you're speaking to yourself and stuff, but it's so important because If it weren't for, like, every morning, like, let's say you tell yourself you believe in yourself or you're confident in yourself, then how would you be able to go out and pitch people your service? Or how would you be able to go out and be able to teach people things on Twitter? Like, it's that sort of stuff. And it's like, you have to be able to speak to yourself positively because we're wired to be pessimists. We're wired in this world to be pessimists. Most people are pessimists or realists. And I believe in optimism. I believe that no matter what, everything works out for the good. Even if it's, like, not good, it still works out for the better and how it's supposed to. Um, but that's pretty much what I believe. And I, I didn't know it was called the placebo effect. So thank you for bringing that up. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: But, um, oh, one thing was, like, something that my friend kind of talked about once. And I was like, okay, yeah, that actually makes sense. Because he was, like... Um, an example I would like I, I like to use is that like you wouldn't re- you wouldn't win a, a race for example by like thinking I don't want to lose you'd just be <laughs> like okay I'm gonna win this you know so like that mindset shift alone could like drastically improve the your results and like your chances of success I guess because you're trying you This makes me think of like <laughs> something that Dan Cole was talking about like um, in his like his last video, <laughs> like um how to master your focus or something. And he was like you you basically need to like set an intention for something, I guess, and then try and then direct all of your energy towards it in a sense, and then you would manifest that result by like mm-hmm. focusing by, like I don't wanna say narrowing your focus, but like intentionally going towards that thing. You know, so yeah, that that was the one thing I can't remember what the other thing is, but yeah, yeah, you can go on
0: okay yeah no that's really cool um because like a lot of people talk about like manifestation and stuff and it's like this current day like especially these teenagers and stuff they're like oh my god i see 444 four, four. i manifest a great life like that doesn't, that doesn't do anything um but i'm glad you understand what a real ma- like meaning of manifestation is and you know you need to put work behind it you need to be intentional about everything you do um but yeah i also want to talk about limiting beliefs real quick like what are some limiting beliefs you think you've experienced in the past and how have you gotten over it?
1: Definitely the biggest one was my age, of course, like when I was trying to start my online business. So I like basically thought that people wouldn't take me seriously or like trust me with their business because I was like a teenager, basically. And then eventually, like I just kind of took a leap of faith, you know? I just went into it and and just saw what was going to happen. I just tried it. Because, I mean, the, the what do you call it? Uh, it like the ah, <laughs> the impact of it isn't that bad, you know. Like um, damn, there's a, there's a certain word I'm looking for right now. The repercussions, I guess, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be that important. Like it would probably just last an hour. Or so like you would think mm-hmm. about it for a few days because someone rejected you. You know, I kind of feel yeah. bad. But then, like, a few months from then, it doesn't really matter too much, you know? So why not try? Because the return on investment would be a lot higher than, like, the the pain you would go through if it didn't work out, in a sense. So that was, like, the big thing. And then also just realizing that people really just care about the results that you can get them. it's, mm-hmm. like, that's really the main thing. Like, of course, there are other, like, nuances and all that, but that's, like, essentially what you have to keep in mind when going into it and then another thing was also um, pricing so mm-hmm. i spoke about this before and i i told people that like i never spent like more than 50 dollars on anything in my life like i bought myself a pair of shoes once <laughs> and that was like the most expensive thing i've ever bought so like the idea of someone paying me like maybe 500 for a landing mm-hmm. bridge, was just absurd to me like because i wouldn't be able to pay for it you know so i can't think of um i can't think of like a reality i guess where someone would want to pay for it but that's just because i had a bad relationship with money so Mm -hmm. then someone just told me to like um yeah someone just told me that it was like a limiting belief and yeah because the first the first client i signed uh yeah the first client i got asked me for like a proposal. And so I had like three offers, which is like an upfront fee and then a performance fee for like three months. And initially my my upfront fee was like $50, $100, and then it was like 150. But then I sent it to someone and he looked over it and he was like, okay, so your goal this month is to make like $500, right? So then he was like, okay, just charge $500 upfront and then do the performance fee. I was like, what? Are you insane? <laughs> like I can't charge $500 for this. Um, and then eventually he, he told me that, yeah, it's just a limiting belief and all that. And I was like, okay, okay, I trust you. Like, you've been doing this for a while now, so I, I guess mm-hmm. you wouldn't, like, lead me into the darkness. So then yeah. I, yeah, I charged, like, I I didn't go exactly 500, but I was like, I made it 300, 400, and then 500. <laughs> and the guy <laughs> chose the 400 one without a problem. And I was like, oh, okay. So now I, I kind of understand it, you know, like I kind of have a better understanding. Of like um, for example, like what a high quality client is, in a sense, I guess, you know, in versus like low quality clients. Because I've dealt with both, I guess. And like it is relative compa- Um, like if you depending on what your experience has been. But like the guy didn't even try and negotiate with me on like he didn't have a problem with it. It was just <laughs> it was just like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna take a 400 one because he just didn't want the extra stuff that came with the 500 one. And one of the biggest reasons why I didn't want to charge that much was because he was, like, quite new. He was, like, a new starter. Mm. But then a few days after that, after he, like, signed the contract and paid me and all that, I, I looked at one of his tweets and I saw that um, he made, like, a total of, like, 1 million euros in, like, the last two oh years my or so. God. I was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. 500 could have been my minimum. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good learning experience, though. It, like, really changed my perspective like money and just what people are willing to pay you know all of that things so those are like the two biggest ones I think
0: yeah I like those a lot those are those really resonate because um like I just want to go back to the age thing real quick not only, like, if you're not, like, a teenager or whatever, not only if you're a teenager or whatever, but it's, like, no matter who you are, sometimes people are afraid to go in people's DMs or email, like, send out emails and stuff. They give up after, like, 50 emails or 50 DMs if they don't get a yes. Just because somebody said, like, a bu- like 50 people said no to you, This. So many people out there, someone is going to say yes to like, I guarantee I was talking to someone that I know, like one of my friends and he owns he runs like a Instagram agency. He also does like closing on the side. Um, But he was saying, like, there's so much room and so much space still like people who think the space is saturated. If it's saturated, it's working. You know, I like to think about it like that because it's like abundance, you know, like you really got to believe in that abundance mindset. And there's so much space and so much opportunity on the Internet for all of us to win. And it's like we can all eat so well we don't need to push and shove you know like it's fine and um you were talking about pricing as well i love that because i remember a similar story i had and it was back in 2020 and i was kind of known as like the instagram marketing queen like the person who was like if you needed instagram marketing come to me because the community was kind of small like money twitter um but they were like kind of the creators were just getting started like i remember uh dan ko he was like probably at 40k 30k maybe even um but and so i remember like people would there's this one guy he was uh he sells like he's on he sells like he has an amazon business and he pretty much was like on twitter i need someone to help me with my instagram just like a like consultant or something i didn't see the tweet a bunch of people like creators started like adding me in the comments so i was like cool and then i dm'd him and he was like how much would you charge for like three months of consultation and i was like 500 he was and he was like no he was like no he was like like, never charge less than two thousand dollars again so and then he's like send the invoice i was like what he's like Uh, he was like yeah yeah i sent him the invoice and he paid two thousand dollars in full and I was like,
1: what? Oh, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. I I like the fact
1: that a lot of like the the entrepreneurs, especially in the money Twitter space, are like, they're really nice in that sense, especially with Mm -hmm. us younger people, because they're like kind of looking out for us in a sense, instead of like taking advantage of the fact that we are younger and like less experienced. Like, I I kind of had a similar experience where I like, (laughs) I did like a bad calculation while I was trying to figure out like how much money I could possibly make this one guy and like um, how much he would, I would like get from that. And then eventually he was like, Oh no, no, you're like missing something. Like you're not doing it right. And then he was like, you're actually going to get like $3,000 more from this. And He was like, I just made you $3,000. Say thank you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. that That's cool. That's cool. I, I like people like that.
0: Yeah. It's like, you don't you're not afraid to share the value. And it's like, you know, that's why a lot of people who get into the space now and like I'm still super young like I'm only 17 but it's like even if I see like a 14 year old or like a 15 year old 16 or whatever it's like I'm gonna give you the advice I wish I had I'm gonna give you the advice that other creators gave me that I wish I had sooner because it's like I want you to win too because there's so much space and the reason I'm like interviewing like or like getting on podcasts with like teenagers first, like to get back into this, like you, you're the first person on here back. Um, it's because I want to connect with people who are super young and motivated and driven. And not only that, but you show the world that the world is kind of in. like we're being innovative, like you don't have to go to school and become a doctor or get a job or like go to college or whatever. Um, to be successful like you can find opportunities on the internet and look what these people are building look what these kids are building like there are kids building clothing brands and um all these different types of businesses like what you're doing is so cool as well and it's like someone like even younger than you might get inspired by that and they might see this video let's say a 13 year old is watching this video right now and they feel inspired hey look at the look at these two teens they're like a couple years older than me um but they're doing what I could do like this is possible and then you never know who's watching and they'll feel inspired to make a move and it's like you know I I heard this one quote by one of my clients and he was like you may not change the entire world or you may not impact everyone in the entire world but you will spark a mind that will and it's like that's what I'm trying to do too so yeah yeah
1: yeah something I I tweeted about once was that um, I basically like just ask, you know how sometimes you just hear something, you've heard something a thousand times, but then there's just that one person that says something in a certain way that makes it click with, with you for mm-hmm. the first time. Like, okay, so you could be that person for someone else, you know, yeah. because of your unique experiences, your personalities, beliefs, opinions, and all those things. So, like, that's, that's reason enough to start content creation because okay. one of my favorite messages that I get from followers is like from, from teenagers most of the time, but sometimes even adults. And they're like, yeah, like I really I'm really inspired by like what you're doing and all that. Like inspired me to do the same. And then I see them like starting to create content a few days after that. I'm just like wow, that's that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's also why I like being so transparent online with like for example how much money I'm making and mm-hmm. um, my age, like all of these different things, some of the problems that I deal with, how I'm solving them, because it helped me a lot. While I was initially learning about it, you know? And that's what inspired me to start, for example. Like, a, a, a really big inspiration of mine is Iman Gazi because mm-hmm. he's, he, oh my God, I can't believe how similar <laughs> he is to me. <laughs> like, his story and his, his personality, not his personality, but like certain traits about him, it's so similar to me. And yeah, just watching like a bunch of his videos, like learning about his backstory and all that always motivates me it, like always puts me in the right mindset to just like start working you know just be focused and all that and start working on my business so yeah
0: that's, yeah that's really cool yeah that is super cool and um i agree with you with iman gadji he was the first guy i started watching like that was the first course i ever bought it was a course from him and that's how i got into it in 2019 i was a 14 year old that knew nothing about facebook ads yet i was still calling these random gym owners and being like do you want facebook ads done for you i remember i was like i didn't even know how to run a facebook ad and i just started doing cold calls and just getting myself out there like that was i just remember that um but also i just want to say something real quick before we like start getting on the close off and i ask you a few more questions um is you have that the thing about transparency and being authentic is so amazing and so beautiful because it's like people some people are afraid to put themselves out there. They they would never get on this podcast with me. They would not speak sometimes. Sometimes I feel like nervous to get on calls and stuff like that, but it's like, what is the ROI of this? Like someone is gonna feel an impact from this. Like you should not be, it's almost selfish to hold it back just because you feel like your hair isn't done right or the lighting isn't good or you stuttered a little too much. So let me not publish this or, you know, whatever it is, someone is gonna feel inspired. I would be selfish to hold that back, you know? So I agree with you on that, um, but I have a question. So would you have seen yourself three years ago in this position, like where you are right now, what you're doing?
1: Absolutely no way. <laughs> I would have never guessed that I would be doing like marketing basically on Twitter all mm-hmm. platforms because like, I don't know what my perception of Twitter was at, at that point, but I know before I got the, the platform, I mean, before I got the app and before I like um, got onto the platform, I thought it was basically, like, just a bunch of toxic people, you know, a bunch of mm. trolls in the comment sections and, like, just, like, internet beef happening between celebrities and all that. But then I was so shocked when I actually saw how nice and supportive people were on Money Twitter, specifically. Like, that's yeah. that's really the only community that I have, like, good experience with, like, self-improvement Twitter, I guess. But, like, I kind of consider it all the same. It's um, yes, all the same. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, I don't think so. Like... <laughs> Content creation, yes, because I've been wanting to do it since I was, like, 12, but mm. just a bunch of limiting beliefs again. I didn't think people were going to take me seriously or, like, think or, like, um, take my advice seriously. I, I still think the same thing, actually. Sometimes, like, when I when I want to, like, tweet or write a thread on, like, specific um self-improvement or, like, <laughs> kind of, like, life advice things because a lot of my audience are, like, adults. And in my head, I'm just, like, what if they just think that, like, Who's a 16-year-old kid? <laughs> what does he know about life, you know? So, yeah, I, I tend to, like, stay away from those types of things sometimes mm-hmm. just to keep it safe. But, yeah, I don't think I would have ever thought that I would be doing this. And, like, I'm making money online by now. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, just not the way I am doing it now, I guess.
0: Okay. So where do you see yourself five years from now? Because I want you to be able to, like, look back at this five years from now and be like, oh, okay, damn. <laughs> uh five years like make this a note to your future self like a video note to your future self this is where i see myself
1: five years from now um i would probably have traveled to most of the places that i've been wanting to travel to for a while now i would i think i'd be at a point where making more money wouldn't make me happier per se you know like I always hear people say that like once you get to like 10k a month things don't really get that much better in terms of your happiness you know so mm-hmm. I'm, I I plan on making it by like end of the year maybe next year something mm-hmm. like that because yeah so someone just told me that I was so shocked I was like <laughs> I, I thought I was gonna like achieve that in like a year from now but he was like nah, nah, if you get like one or two testimonials, like good testimonials, you could do yeah. like that easily at the end of the year and I was like oh that's that's insane so um yeah, definitely that i would I would have a bunch of good friends by then, like friends that I can look up to in certain aspects of my life, friends that would like um that I would be really close to, and that I would be growing with in a sense definitely. uh social media wise I wouldn't want to, like, put a certain follow account on it because I, I don't know what my plans are on social media, like how many platforms I would be on, for example, and, like, which ones I would like want to take so, to certain levels, I guess. But Twitter, definitely over 100K. <laughs> That's just an arbitrary number, I guess. And yeah. uh, making a disgusting amount of money. <laughs> my <laughs> My family needs to think that I'm doing something illegal that's like the the main goal I guess (laughs) and yeah I I just want to like I just want to be able to look back at like this point for example and just feel grateful for myself in this position I want to feel grateful for my younger self for like all the work that he put in for me at that point you know I'm probably going to get emotional while I watch this (laughs) five years from now (laughs) but yeah that's about it
0: yeah I like that. It's like when Hamza says, like, it's actually kind of like self-love if you're, you know, do it, putting in the work for your future self, because your future self's going to look back and be like, I love you so much. Like, thank you for doing that for me. So, yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. So before I let you go, what are some like parting words of wisdom you would give to your audience, my audience, people who are listening? You know, the kind of people who are listening to this. So what would you give to them?
1: Yeah. Uh, One thing especially if you're gonna be creating content, but just in general, I guess, is it's kind of a cliche, I guess, but just be authentic, you know? Like just share what you're going through, you know? Like share whatever problems you have or have had at some point, share how you solve them, just be yourself. And (laughs) oh my my goodness, I can't believe I'm saying this, (laughs) be yourself. But um, yeah, (laughs) basically, because you're gonna attract people that are somewhat similar to you, you know? And those are like the, the best type of audience mm-hmm. to have, in a sense, because they'll be able to relate to a lot that you're saying. They'll be able to resonate with a lot that you're saying and you'll be able to impact them on a larger scale than you would like other people, I guess. And yeah, just keep at it. Like if I genuinely believe that if you like, just keep doing something for long enough um, and you keep Learning about it, you know, you keep practicing and all that. You'll definitely reach success at some point. Because <clears throat> I remember doing this. I remember starting this a year ago, and I was like, "There's absolutely no way <laughs> that I won't be making money." Year. Like there was never a doubt in my mind about it. And like I, I think that played a big part in like why I I started making money at this point. You know, even though there have been a bunch of struggles. You know, I didn't do it as fast as I would have liked at the point. At that point. But, yeah, I just kept at it, kept learning, kept growing. And, yeah, I I genuinely think that if you just do those two things alone, you'll get success in, like, any aspect of your life. So those are really the the two most important things.
0: I love it. I love it. I agree with you. And it's, like, no matter what, just stay consistent. And I love that you have a story behind, you know, everything that you've, you know, been teaching in this podcast. Like, you have a story behind everything, and it's, like, it's because you've not only learned about it, but you've experienced it. And experience is like the best teacher. So I love that you've shared, you know, advice based off of your experience. So uh, where can people find you on social media? Or, like, where do you have anything to promote?
1: On Twitter. I'm at Suleiman underscore Twitter. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. I don't really post on Instagram at the moment. But, like, I'm actually, I was planning on watching your, uh the video that you did on modern mastery with dan Cope yeah. about instagram growth so I'll, I'll get to that eventually but yeah, yeah um, instagram and twitter and then if you are a creator that like doesn't have a good conversion rate on their product or something like that or you just want to get more inbound leads for your business you can always hit me up <laughs> i can create your funnel get you more inbound leads more clients more product sales and all that so yeah those those are the two things really
0: Honestly, thank you so much for being on this podcast with me cuz it's like the first episode that I had in a while. I
1: honestly enjoyed it so much and it's an honor to be like one of the first guests that are like back on the podcast again, I guess. And yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's all for this episode. If you enjoyed, please feel free to leave a like, leave a comment if you have anything to share, uh share this video, subscribe to the channel and make sure you check out all of Suleiman's links in the description.